This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to your waiver wire show. It is Tuesday morning. The Eagles, Bengals, Browns, and Rams are on a bye. So who are you picking up? Wait till you hear the quarterbacks you're picking up this week. <laughs> Running backs to the wide receivers and the tight. Everything's good, Jamie, except the quarterbacks. Yuck it's on the quarterbacks. Miserable, miserable, <laughs> miserable, miserable. But uh, you know what? That probably means that there are good quarterbacks on a lot of fantasy rosters, which is what we would prefer. It's time yeah. to make a trade if you need a quarterback. Yeah, and really, there aren't that, you know, look, Wentz, Burrow, Mayfield, Goff on by. So I guess I guess you're right. I, there are good quarterbacks on fantasy rosters. That is a relief. Uh, how would you guys uh, describe the waiver wire? I, I think it's great. I think it's really fun this week. Um, Jamie, how about you? I agree, uh, but I'm usually the most optimistic about the waiver wire stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, this is this is one of those weeks where there are multiple guys in multiple positions aside from quarterback. You know, and uh, obviously tight end, everybody has uh, a person in their league looking for a starter now that George Kittle's out for most likely the season. Um, there are still uh, a rash of injuries. You know, the two big ones at wide receiver that we're looking at this week are Kenny Galladay and Calvin Ridley. So, you know, there's there's at least you know trying to replace a potential starting wide receiver on, uh, on some teams and then the running backs, you know, there's, there's some good options, you know, so um, they're interesting options, but they're, they're good options. If they, these guys get starting roles for at least one more week, we don't know about the Seattle running back situation, but DJ Dallas could be really good. Uh, Jamichael hasty has an opportunity against a terrible run defense, even with his team falling apart around him. Um, Jordan Wilkins could be the lead running back for the Colts, you know, based on what just happened and the fact that Jonathan Taylor has an ankle injury. So there, there are guys that could help you. And then wide receiver is always going to be deep, but um, you know, again, they're, they're just, they're guys out there. So that's a, that's a, a fun thing to do when you get to week nine in the waiver wire. Dave, what do you think? Oh, I think it's good. I think there's plenty of players that are out there. If they're, if they're like Damian Harris to me is the top name at 61% rostered, maybe there's a chance he's still out on your waiver wire. And if he is, he's got a chance to be someone that helps put your team over the top and into the playoffs. Okay, well then let's get right to it. Give me your top three, four, however many priorities you got. Dave, you said Damian Harris. Who else are you looking at? He's going to be number one. Gus Edwards is going to be my number two. I liked the way that he... I really love the way the the Ravens rather ran the ball against Steelers. Good blocking, even without Ronnie Stanley there. Dobbins was the more explosive of the two, but Gus had a bunch of runs that were great, and he's certainly, I I think he's certainly more experienced, but maybe a little more physical at this point than J.K., and we know that he's got the better chance to work at the goal line. And then I think Sterling Shepard will be my third one. I think he's got, especially in PPR, a chance to be a reliable starter rest of season. He has six or more catches in in all three of his healthy games. He left week two with an injury. So if you don't want to count that, you know, I, you know, I wouldn't Azer stat, but that's uh <laughs> six, six targets, eight targets and 10 targets for Sterling Shepard in three healthy games. And he caught six or six to eight balls in all three of them. So maybe he's a lot different depending on format, but uh, in PPR, I don't know how you don't have Sterling Shepard on your team, 45% rostered. And we've been saying that for a couple weeks now, Jamie, uh, you heard Damian Harris, Gus Edwards, Sterling Shepard for Dave. How about you? Who are some of your top priorities? 
Uh, DJ Dallas, number one by far, um, just based on what he could do this week and what he should be able to do. Plus his roster percentage, you know, that's that's something you got to factor in because not a lot of people are going to find Damien Harris. Uh, Harris would be two, um, you know, with the hope that he's still out there and what he should be able to do this week against the Jets. You know, you never know what's going to happen moving forward and he doesn't catch the ball, but obviously he's the lead running back for the Patriots. And then after him would be Jordan Wilkins. Look, if you can get the number one running back for the Colts and they decide to make a switch for whatever reason, or if Taylor is hurt because of the ankle injury, you want to have those guys on your team, those three running backs. So it's those three guys easily. Um, and I go back and forth between Wilkins and Harris just based again on what the roster percentage is. Dave, where are you on DJ Dallas? It's, it's risky for sure. Absolutely. And there's no chance that he's going to be the guy rest of season. If you need a guy for just week nine, he's got a chance to have that opportunity. And I love the way that he caught the ball in the offense and the touchdowns you can't argue with either, but not a great rushing average. And this is still a Seattle team that's going to throw a lot. Man, we've been waiting a long time to say something like that. So I, I if I've got the chance to get Damian Harris, who I know will be the lead back, I think, for the Patriots for the rest of the season, I'll gladly take him out of DJ Dallas. And then Jordan Wilkins is another guy he had a great game. It was a career best game for him. 20 carries, career high, 89 yards rushing was great. Um, but there, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe that he's truly going to be the feature back for Indianapolis the rest of the season. I'm almost positive that Jonathan Taylor will eventually overtake him. And Naheem Hines is going to be a fly in the ointment. And I'm, I'm nervous that people are going to go fab crazy on Jordan Wilkins and it's not going to pay off for them. If you tell me Jonathan Taylor is going to miss any time, then Jordan Wilkins is the number one running back to add. And then just reading the stuff out of Indianapolis this week, they said, which was shocking because they were talking of Taylor so much that, first of all, th this wasn't an injury-related thing why uh, Wilkins played over Taylor because yep. Reich said he didn't know about the injury until after the game. So it sounds like it could be somewhat of an excuse. But they were saying that Taylor was dancing too much down the line of scrimmage. Yep. His time to the hole was yep. the longest that he's had all season was over three seconds. Prior to that, he had been around two and a half seconds. And Wilkins was, I think, 2.89, if I read it correctly, which was uh, if uh, that. Uh, yeah. among the, the fastest of the Colts running backs this season. So they're clearly not happy with Taylor at this point. Um, the thing about Dallas is he did everything that you like from a fantasy running back in terms of leading the team in carries and working in a passing game, uh, obviously getting the goal line opportunities. And yes, he does not have a long as long of a leash as, as what Damian Harris should have. But we're trying to win games right now. And so if I can get a chance to get DJ Dallas in a matchup against Buffalo, who's allowed a running back to score in four games in a row, two guys to go over 100 yards over that span, one of which was Damien Harris, uh, I'm absolutely taking DJ Dallas first, and so should you. No, well, but but hold on. Uh <laughs> Dallas, okay, he, it's not like he played that well. 2.3 yards per Doesn't carry. Doesn't did against no, But listen, 3.4 yards per catch. It wasn't good there. Travis Homer was active. Travis Homer played, and he obviously was hurt. It was an emergency situation. All you need is Homer to be healthier. Maybe they go back to him, or at least they split it. Or Carlos Hyde plays, or Chris Carson plays. So we're gonna yeah, say, but everything that you're hearing from Carson. everything you're hearing from Pete Carroll right now is first off, Carson may not even get on the field until Friday or Saturday, so it doesn't sound very encouraging for him to play this week. And Carlos Hyde, I don't know if he's going to play over DJ Dallas at this point, based on what we just saw. Uh, what that we just I saw? What? What? It, it's Carson. What was he, was it, he it, so it, good? Carson. Like he? First of all, uh, this was against San Francisco. Okay, give, but give the defense credit. I will give the defense credit, but don't give DJ Dallas that much credit because he didn't play that well, and also. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a rookie. You got to worry a little bit about pass protection, those types of things. Like, I don't think DJ Dallas is, is going to play over Carlos Hyde if they're it both. No, but it could be, it, it wouldn't surprise me either. And it could be a split, but you know, he's not going to play over Chris Carson. 
and Carson, it sounds like he's got a chance this week. And maybe it's going to be by week 10 or 11, Carson's back in the saddle as the lead guy and DJ Dallas is a scrap. Again. Sure. I mean, and look, and let's, let's face it with, with Damien Harris, whenever we get above 50%, we're talking to 10 team league fantasy managers here. Most, most 12 team leagues have Damien Harris roster. Sure. So, right. So why know, not if, Gus Edwards though? Why, right. That's the other guy that I would. Well, I mean, Dobbins was better for. than Edwards and Edwards doesn't catch the ball. If he doesn't score, you're getting, you know, those dead zone running back numbers that we don't like, but he might have, he might have rest of season appeal. It's not nearly as good I mean, as like Harris and potentially not Robbins even as played more snaps than him. Mark Ingram's going to come back. I don't, I don't know how great Gus Edwards is if he doesn't find the end zone. Okay. But we're just, we're basically just talking, if we're comparing Dallas to Edwards, we're basically just talking about this week. We really don't think Mark Ingram's going to play this week. Right. Right. That's the expectation. Though. Right. So I'm just saying that if you, okay, if you told me that Carlos, if you told me that Hyde and Carson were both out, yeah, sure. That's one thing, but it seems like the possibility of the party being ruined for DJ Dallas is, I don't know, 50%. So I, sure. I just want to point that out. So there's some risk there. Whereas Gus Edwards seems like has a lot more certainty to get probably 12 to 15 Half carries, something work. like that. Yeah. yeah we're gonna look, they're, 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 all, they're all quality and, options uh, to pick up off the waiver wire. To me, DJ Dallas has the highest ceiling based on the matchup that he has, based on the workload that he just had, based on his work in the passing game. I'm going to shoot for upside more times than not. And DJ Dallas has the most of this group. Yeah, but Gus is playing the. Who do the Ravens have this week? Cole, I, I was Cole, about to say the, the Steelers. All right, it's a tougher matchup for sure. I don't know how much tougher does he ran against the Steelers. Like, here's what, he here's what Pete Carroll. Here's what Pete Carroll said about Chris Carson. He will test out his foot Friday and evaluate him Saturday to determine if he could play Sunday. That does not sound very encouraging. That he's not going to practice all week. I don't know. And then think about that. And and this is to your point, James. Like if if they're going to go and evaluate him on Saturday, does that mean he's making the flight? He's going to go with the team all the way to Buffalo to not play. I mean, maybe they evaluate him at the on the tarmac before they get on the plane. Who knows? But, but you guys don't. You think maybe that if it's Carlos a little bit Hyde, better than fifty percent. Maybe it's a little bit better than fifty percent. And don't Carlos hide me. Like hide. It would be. I guess I shouldn't say. You that. really? What you think that that DJ no, Dallas no, no. is going I to jump I, Carlos? I, I, Hyde. You're right. You're right. You're right. I. I you should. Carlos I don't know Hyde. if I'm right. I apologize but for that. I, I don't no, know. If you I'm right, are. But there's no way that if Carlos Hyde is active, DJ Dallas is going to be the the one man show. And that's really what he had last week that helped him out was being the one man show. And if right. Hyde's there for whatever reason, if he practices this week, if Homer is ready to play, he's not a one man show anymore. I'll take Gus. All right. By the way, the next two games for JD McKissick are against teams that allow oh, the good. Bring him up. fourth most and sixth most receiving yards per game to running backs. So if you're if you can't get those other guys and you're in a PPR league Maybe J.D. McKissick bounces back after a bad game against the Dallas Cowboys, who only do one thing well, and that is stop pass-catching running backs. That's why I think this is an interesting week. You got Marvin Jones, obviously, uh, and Sterling Shepard, and um, that was a pretty spirited debate about the running backs. But Damian Harris is high on the list. Gus Edwards, D.J. Dallas, Jordan Wilkins, and uh, a couple couple of tight ends who have great schedules coming up. Eric Ebron's been in the midst of a great schedule run, and he usually gets you around 50 yards, which isn't bad. Uh, Dallas this week, and then it gets even better than that with Cincinnati and Jacksonville, who are 30th and 31st against tight ends. And Austin Hooper, coming off a bye, he had 6-10 to 10 targets and exactly 5 catches in 3 straight games. So that's great for PPR. He faces the Texans. They allow the eighth most points to tight ends. And then the Eagles and then the Jaguars. He doesn't face a team that's not uh, 20th or worst against tight ends until week 15, I believe. And that's the Giants who aren't that good against tight ends anyway. So 
Ebron and Hooper have good schedules. I want to ask you about Corey Davis, if he's available. 67% rostered. Been great stuff so far. Two straight games with 10 targets. But Bears and Panthers next two weeks. They are second and fifth. Do I have that right? Or is it Bears and Bears and Colts? I'm sorry, it's not the Panthers. Bears and Colts. Um, Bears this week. Let's start with that. Like Corey Davis, how interested are you in him? Because he's obviously a, a, a hot name, but Bears are have only allowed two touchdowns to wide receivers. They give the second fewest fantasy points. Very again. Yeah, I, I mean, oh, you can't yeah, get yeah. past what the targets have been for him, what the production has yep. been for him, and and he has been uh, this year's Devontae Parker, a guy written off for you know his own team and has played fantastic and has put himself in a great spot going into free agency. So look, AJ Brown is obviously still the number one guy for the Titans. You still have John Smith, even though he's been struggling of late, you know, they're going to run the ball, but Ryan Tannehill and Corey Davis have a strong connection. And anytime you get a receiver that's getting, you know, double digit targets or close to that, which is what Davis has been basically all season. It's hard to overlook what he could be and what he has been. So yes, tough matchup, but I'm still going to start Corey Davis as a, as a low end number two receiver. Definitely as a high-end number three guy. And so if I'm in a three-receiver league, I'd love to have Corey Davis on my team. Absolutely. And I, I love the fact that he's given you at least 11 PPR points every game this season. He's played five. Five for five. That's a great safe floor. And he's given you at least 15 PPR points in three of the five. Uh, by the way, Shraggy B says, Carlos Hyde not expected to play in week nine. So that certainly helps. Certainly helps for DJ Dallas. Buffalo has been just horrible against the run. It'd be a great opportunity for him. Uh, I guess you don't think, just to go back to that, you don't think Travis Homer would play ahead of him? He, he might on passing downs. Passing downs guy, right. Okay. All right, let's talk I Fab. I don't think they're comfortable with Homer in a bigger role than that. Let's talk Fab here. How much Fab are you guys uh, looking at for your top priorities? See, now here's the thing, because this is, you're, you're at a point in the season where if you're desperate, you know, you got to spend whatever you got to spend to get the guys on your team just to help you get some production. So, you know, that that's the first thing you got to say whenever you're looking at fab or, you know, holding the top waiver spot, you know, don't just sit on it and sit on it and sit on it for the big injury, because, you know, that just may not happen for you if you're stuck. Uh, I'm going to, pro- you know, the way that I'm writing it is right around 15% um, for these running backs, because there is no certainty for any of them, you know, even Damien Harris as the lead running back for the Patriots, because in the two games prior to the Bills game, he was bad because the team was bad. And so, yes, they get the Jets this week, but it's no guarantee that he's going to be good because he's catchable, you know. So he's uh, he he's a guy that you got to factor in in terms of spending your fab budget as well. So uh, I would say around fifteen percent, but it 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 kind of goes in hand with you know where you're at in your league, where you're at in your season, and what you need to do to get these guys on your roster. Is there the only a- two players honestly that I would spend a lot on, and this is going to sound weird, is Nick Mullins and Jake Luton, because finding quarterbacks in two quarterback and super flex leagues is impossible. And so to get these guys, you might have to spend a little bit more. And you're probably desperate if you're looking for right. a quarterback at this point. So I totally get that. Is there a long-term play? We're talking so much about week nine, but who's the guy that you think could actually stay on your roster and help you most weeks if there is? Harris is first if he's there. Sterling Shepard would be second for me. Could Marvin Shepard, Shepard would be first. Shepard would be first. Over Damian uh, Harris. Yes. Um, All right. I, uh, maybe that just depends on what you need. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm always in a PPR mindset, so Damien Harris is always going to be somewhat low and in, in in those formats because he doesn't catch the ball, if he doesn't score, you're screwed. Um, in terms of long term, uh, I'd put Jordan Reed in that conversation. You know, if he's the guy yeah. now for the 49ers, clearly there's uh, there's some upside there because of the Kittle injury. Um, of the other receivers, you know, of the of the ones who are available, 
in most leagues, Alan Lazard. I mean, we saw what he was at the start of the season. You know, that's some something you can look at. Yep. Um, you know, if you want to talk Patriots, probably Jacoby Myers, you know, just based on what he's shown you the last couple of games and, and after the Julian Edelman injury. Right. And then I would still look at Debo Samuel. I, I, yes. I don't know what notes you're looking at, Adam, from what I sent you. But, um, you know, Kendrick Bourne is clearly the more immediate ad. And I think they're going to have to throw um, just based on how this team's going to look. But uh, Debo Samuel would be somebody that I try and stash if you can, just because they're going to end up having to use both wide receivers now that Kittle's hurt. Where did Marvin Jones end up on your list? He's the first receiver to add this week for me, but, uh, you know, Ahead of Shepard? Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. Well, he's got Minnesota, right? I mean, so right. Marvin Jones against Minnesota seems like a pretty damn good ad. Dave, yep. agree? I'd rather have Shepard just for the rest of season appeal. I could see that, but what about just this week, Shepard or, or Marvin Jones? I have Shepard right, one spot ahead of Marvin Jones in my uh, non-PPR and several spots ahead of him in PPR. Okay. Yeah, Minnesota allowing the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. How about this? The last four number one wide receivers to face the Vikings have all scored 16 or more non-PPR, 22 or more PPR fantasy points. He is not as good as they are, I would say. They are Will Fuller, DK Metcalf, Julio Jones, and Devontae Adams. Maybe he's in the Will Fuller class. They're they're, they're in the same group of five, I would say. (laughs) Maybe Fuller, but I I wish more... It could it could be a really good week for Marvin yeah. Jones. That's that's my point. And moving forward, I mean, look, we don't know how long Galladay's going to be out. So yeah. Now his next two matchups. The thing's worth pointing out. His next two matchups after this week for Minnesota for Marvin Jones, uh, Washington. They're third against wide receivers, and Carolina. They're fifth. I don't know how so much shouldn't, shouldn't the care. Washington defense, which I don't buy, but shouldn't that factor into picking up Shepard? If you're just looking one week. Well, the thing about right. Shepard is like he's he's just catches. I feel. Oh, I yeah. like Shepard a lot. I think Shepard is 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 very good. And long term, he's probably better than Marvin Jones if there is no Kenny Galladay. Uh, if Kenny Galladay, if there is Kenny back. Galladay, right. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, Marvin Jones has such a big opportunity in front of him now that to me, he's the easy one to go first. I'm not buying that foot that football team pass defense. We haven't seen them without Landon Collins yet, and he's out for the year. So, and it's it's so that might weird because like more than receivers. Uh, in the, in the first game for the Giants, Darius Slayton was probably on his way to a big game and he yeah. got hurt. Mm-hmm. And so you know, like I think Slayton could be better than Shepard this week, just based on the big playability. Because now you know Slayton is hopefully escaping these past two games of some brutal coverage that he's had to deal with. We have so many more names to talk about. A guy like Jacoby Myers is pretty interesting. You know, if you just need to plug somebody in and hope to get ten PPR points or something like that. Um, what about the what about the players you picked up last week, like Nelson Aguilar? The players that were really badly affected by the weather, you know, could they bounce yep. back? Um, let's see, Alan Zar, we talked about Miko Hardman, Jalen Rager. So these guys will be discussed um, in a moment. We'll give you the top three at each position. But football fans, Thursday night football should be fun this week. The Packers and the 49ers. Are you an Amazon Prime member? Did you know that you can watch Thursday Night Football live on Prime Video? That's right. It's the future of football. You can catch all the action on any device, almost anywhere in the world. And you can choose your favorite announcer, including Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, or Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah from Move the Sticks, or Chris Long and Carrie Champion from NFL Next. You can get next-gen... This is actually a very cool feature. Next-gen stats, and you can watch in-game replays on demand all within Prime videos x-ray next gen stats are real-time stats powered by aws so no more waiting around you can access the current stats anytime that's perfect for you fantasy football players out there you want to see your stats and the next gen stuff it's really cool um 
Check that out. So in-game on-demand replays are accessible on your remote on Fire TV or by turning your mobile device sideways. So if you are a streamer or you simply want the most custom way of watching Thursday Night Football, tune in live every Thursday starting October 8th. Coverage begins at 7 p.m., kickoff at 8.20 p.m. Eastern on Prime Video. Also available on Fox and NFL Network. NFL Network simulcast subject to change. Thursday Night Football is presented by Bud Light Platinum. You know, we're also going to talk about last night's game, which was, I guess, surprisingly competitive. Did you guys enjoy that game? Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, it was uh, it, it was a little frustrating to see the Bucks not play the way that they, you know, had been playing the last couple of weeks. It was a little frustrating with the Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette split. Yeah. If you still were buying into Ronald Jones, which doesn't seem to be something you should do moving forward. Uh, it was a little frustrating to see... Uh, um, Mickens play ahead of Tyler Johnson, you know, for anybody that used Tyler Johnson in daily because of the absence of Chris Godwin. But um, look, Daniel Jones made some great throws. That touchdown pass to Golden Tate was as yes. pretty a throw as you'll find. Uh, the touchdown pass to Deion Lewis was as pretty a throw as you'll mm-hmm. find. He is maddening to watch. <laughs> I'm sure for you, Adam, as a Giants fan. And uh, <laughs> just a little, you know, all these names that we've talked about, let's not overlook Wayne Gallman, who, um, you know, yeah. it's not pretty as well, but he's been productive in, in his two opportunities now. And he does have a decent matchup against the Washington football team this week. Yeah. All right. But more, we'll get back to that game a little bit later. You got the Gronkowski touchdown and the Mike Evans touchdown. I'd say Bradbury did a pretty decent job on him, but he did yeah. score. Okay, news and notes, George Kittle, so you can probably drop him. Hopefully you have an IR spot. Maybe you get him back for a fantasy playoff game, but he's out roughly eight weeks. Jordan Reed could be back. Reed was pretty damn involved in weeks two and three. He caught two touchdowns in one of those games. He almost had a touchdown. He was just out of the end zone in one game against the Giants, so uh, don't overlook him if he plays. It's a Thursday game, so we don't know if he's going to play. Which, which is the most shocking thing of fantasy football in 2020? that we are in week nine and we are talking about Jordan Reed, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Adrian Peterson, and we just got finished watching a game where Alfred Morris had relevant touches. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I confess the day of last night. I had no idea Alfred Morris was on the Giants. No idea. He got the handoff. I was like, who the hell is that? And he got eight <laughs> carries to 12 for Gallman. So that was kind of frustrating. Like, you'd be maybe a little more excited about Gallman yep. if he didn't get, you know... 60% of the carries. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a weird year. And Antonio Brown coming back this week as well. Did you mention that? Yes. Okay, yeah. sorry. Uh, I had a feeling you did. Jimmy Garoppolo out six or more weeks with an ankle injury. And I'll just tell you, like, Nick Mullins, he basically throws a lot of interceptions, which is a problem, but he basically scores 20 or more points in half his games. So it's not like that bad if you're looking at two QB leagues and whatnot. Well, I mean, he did in 2018 half of his games. Four of eight, he had 23 or more points. He's done it this year, um, too. Well, he started three games. One, he was benched. So, and one, he was at 19 points. Uh, right, but he torched the Giants, just didn't get the touchdowns. And then he came off the bench, and in one quarter, he scored 20 points or 23 points or whatever it was against the Seahawks. Right, but he was also, the, the second start he made this year, he was benched for C.J. Beathard. So just factor that in. I, yeah, I, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Kenny Galladay out week nine. He's considered week to week. Ugh. Don't know yet about Calvin Ridley. We you mush both of these guys. You with your stupid comparison, Galladay versus Ridley. Look what you did. What? <laughs> Me? Yes, you kept asking who's better rest of season, and you killed them both. 
<laughs> well, yeah, my bad. It's, it's what Kenny. I do. It's what I do. I kill Kenny. I, bastard. I'm a bastard. Uh, we've got some COVID <laughs> situations. Cleveland, they're on a bye. Uh, AJ, okay. What happens if AJ Dillon and Jamal Williams both don't play? Because Dillon has COVID. And Get ready for Dexter Williams. Okay, Dexter Williams is Get the ready name for today. Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Aaron Jones, right? Could he play this week? Well, like, yeah, I mean, that would be the, the best thing. And, you know, get ready for 50,000 touches for him if he's the guy out there, which would be awesome. But, um, yeah, if you're the Jamal Williams fantasy manager and you've been kind of uh, riding this fun wave, which has been great for his fantasy production, um, you know, be prepared for him not to play. Right, because he may have been in close contact with Dylan, And they've been clearing those players pretty quickly, it seems. So today, that's today is a big day for him. Because I believe if he's not clear today, he can't play. We got to keep an eye on the Ravens and the Steelers. Marlon Humphrey played the game with COVID, so there are going to be some contact tracing there. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's got the ankle. Daryl Henderson, the thigh injury. They're on a bye. Sam Darnold, what's the update? We have an update on Sam Darnold and MRI on his shoulder. The the update is you shouldn't start him unless you're in a two quarterback league. Yeah, they they expect him to play at this point. Um, if I'm the Jets, I don't know if I'd be willing to risk it if they're still viewing Sam Darnold as their franchise guy or trade chip once they draft Trevor Lawrence. I don't know how they win. A, I don't know how they don't get Trevor Lawrence <laughs> unless Trevor Lawrence stays in college. Well, that's the thing. Does Trevor Lawrence yeah. look at it and go, "Oh, yeah, I'm going back to Clemson." They're so bad. Uh, Kenyon Drake unlikely to play this week, may not miss much more time. We're probably going to see Jamal Adams this week for the Seahawks, but not necessarily Chris Carson or Carlos Hyde. Like, if you're the Jets, how do you not hire Eric Bieniemy and say to Trevor Lawrence, we are going to create as much of a Chiefs environment as we potentially can from the guy who's just been coaching, I use that you know term, as the offense coordinator for... Um, for Patrick Mahomes, obviously Andy Reid has a huge influence on it, but Eric Bieniemy being the offense coordinator for Patrick Mahomes with Trevor Lawrence, like that—that that to me is the only way I'm Trevor Lawrence going to the Jets. Like, yeah. give me a coach I that I can the, trust. The, the millions and millions of dollars that you get for being the number one overall pick ain't bad either. But I—I I would love for the Jets to do the right thing, and that sounds like the right thing. And they've already got some pieces, a few pieces on in place on offense. Yeah, Back Damian Williams left tackle is going to be good. Damian Williams uh, on Twitch talked to us and said. He just raved about Eric Bianami. He's awesome. He's awesome. And, Did he rave I, about I, Adam Gase? You know, he didn't. He didn't. Tra- I tried to. I asked them. He didn't trash Adam Gase or anything like that. He was being diplomatic, as I recall. It's been a little while. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, you just don't. I don't. You, we What we never know about these coaching searches is who actually wants the job. Who I don't know if anybody wants to go to the Jets, but having the number one overall I, pick would, would help. Guarantee you, there will be coaches who oh, want to they're, go to the Jets. Everybody wants to go to the Jets if they have the number one. If they pick have the number and, one and, pick, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Joe Douglas is a good GM. I don't, I don't want to, you know, lump him in with Adam Gase. Or he has a chance to be a good GM. Um, we'll see. You know, th- this is uh, this is a, this is a team that's just been a disaster for years. And so, you know, maybe Douglas gets the axe as well, and they just you know clean, clean house with everybody. But um, right coach, first pick, uh, some nice pieces, you know, that you can hopefully build around. You know, they got the two picks from Seattle. Um, that you know they'll use hopefully the right way, but Adam Gates has to go. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Okay, just real quick, the Saints acquired linebacker Quan Alexander from San Francisco. If you're in an IDP league, you might be too late on this, but Dre Greenlaw, who's San Francisco linebacker, Dre Greenlaw has been filling in, um, and he'll get a lot of run. Now he's been good in IDP, so take a look at him. Tennessee acquired cornerback Desmond King for a sixth round pick from the Chargers. Detroit. 
defensive end Trey Flowers is on IR. It could be a good week for, for the Vikings. Obviously, it's going to be for Dalvin Cook. But uh, Start Dalvin Cook. We'll see if we like Kirk Cousins this week. We'll talk about that in a moment. And Chargers defensive end Joey Bosa in the concussion protocol, which would certainly help Derek Carr and Las Vegas. Let's do our favorite uh, at each position here. We have not talked enough about guys like, well, any quarterbacks. So let's start with that. Top three quarterback priorities, Jamie. Well, this is an ugly group. Um, but if you're desperate, uh, I like what Drew Locke did in coming back against the Chargers last week. I hope that he gets getting Tim Patrick back because Patrick was close. Then he would have his full complement of receiving options. I think for the first time all season, factoring in Cortland Sutton not being there because of the ACL tear. But it's a it's a decent matchup. You know, when you look at the Falcons, I know that they've turned the corner a little bit under Raheem Morris, but some of it is circumstantial. You talked about this, Adam, about the low pass volume for Teddy Bridgewater, how little they had the ball last week's game. Prior to that, though, every quarterback over 300 yards passing, um, every quarterback in, aside from the last two games, multiple touchdowns. So Stafford a little bit unlucky to throw for 340 and only get the one score. So I think Drew Locke in a 14-team or 16-team league, if you're desperate, can be okay. Uh, Nick Foles, same thing, coming off his second 20-point game of the season. Um, first as a starter because his first came against the Falcons when he stepped in for Trubisky. But uh, another favorable matchup, the Titans, either 300 passing yards or multiple touchdowns in every game since week one. And so I think that Foles will have an opportunity to be in that 20-point range again. So 14-team, 16-team league, that's really the only type of leagues that you're looking at these quarterbacks for again aside from uh potentially mullins or luton in two quarterback or super flex leagues where you just might be desperate and you're looking for some hope do you said Locke and Foles? is there a third kirk cousins would be the third yeah you know i mean look 14 pass attempts last week uh it, it's clearly a guy that is not going to be a high volume passer if you just go by the trends he's five of seven games with 27 passes or less but in two of his last three against the lions you're going back over two seasons now he has uh, two games with, I think it's 25 or more uh, fantasy points. It might be more than that. Um, he had a, uh, it has to be more than that because he had a three touchdown game and a four touchdown game in back-to-back games prior to his last meeting against them. So the hope would be, and it, it stinks that there's no Galladay, but give the Lions some credit. Their run defense has turned the corner a little bit. Not that they're going to stop Dalvin Cook and clearly not benching Dalvin Cook, but if they contain Dalvin Cook and their offense shows up and then it's a little bit more of a shootout, then Kirk Cousins hopefully will have to throw a little bit. So again, we're talking... 18 to 20 fantasy points is kind of where these guys lie, uh, which puts them in the, you know, at best mid teens. Um, but you're, you're just, this is, this is just completely desperation plays at this point. You know, none of these guys are must start guys by any stretch in 12 team leagues. And if you can, because people, whether it was the weather or whether it was bye weeks or whatever the case may be, Derek Carr could still be out there. He's uh, I think 70% is his roster percentage. Um, I think 80, you know, guy, with, I think 80 with him. I'm sorry, 80 for him. Yeah. Stafford, 79, uh, and Cam Newton, 75. So if those right. three guys are available, who, who do you like? How would you rank them? Carr, Stafford, Cam? Newton, Carr, Stafford. Stafford last against Minnesota. Yeah, just because of the holiday injury. Right. Okay. But, I mean, Carr should have... Look, give Carr credit. He's been fantastic this season. And throughout last week's game because of the weather. But I think you look at this Chargers defense. They're down a corner now. They're potentially down Bosa. Their defense gives up like here. The formula for success against the Chargers is go down 24-3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're going to storm back and have an amazing fourth quarter, and you're going to look like the best quarterback in football. 
I think it's. I think I said this yesterday. But I think it's four straight games they've had a 16 point lead or more. It's an NFL record. Yeah, and they've lost all of them. Uh, Dave, real quick, I I kind of feel like I may have just jinxed the Jets. Maybe they beat the Patriots this week, but no. Um, Cam Newton, how much confidence do you have in him? 75% rostered. I originally had him on the dropometer. Then I saw he was... No. Yeah, I, I understand. I understand it's the Jets, but my God, he's yeah. been so bad. But uh, the Jets have, have given up a 57 yards and a touchdown rushing to Josh Allen, 31 yards and a touchdown rushing to Kyler Murray, and then 61 yards to Allen last week. So that bodes well for Cam. How much do you like him this week? I flirted with putting him in my top 12. At quarterback this week. I, I can't do it. I like Stafford better. Uh, last four quarterbacks fed at least 24 fantasy points each against Minnesota. Galladay, no Galladay. He didn't have Galladay for a lot of last week. He had one of his best games of the season. So maybe it helps not having that big target there. Maybe it's kind of what we thought with Baker going into last week. Um, but I, I would take Stafford, but that's it. I'd rather have Newton over Carr. I think I'll have a good game. I think the Patriots will find a way to win. They'll probably run their way to win, and Cam will be a big part of that. All right, running back we've already talked about, but for Jamie, DJ Dallas is number one. For Dave, Damian Harris. We're also looking at Gus Edwards. Um, I mentioned JD McKissick, strictly a PPR thing, and yeah, you don't, you never He's know. Not how, even on my list, you never know how reliable the pass, the receiving totals are for running backs. But hey, Giants and uh, I think the Lions in two, the are his next two games, and they're. They've given, given up the fourth and the sixth most receiving yards to running backs for what that's worth. Uh, so who else? Who, Wayne Gallman, you know, what, what's your interest level in him? The, the football team, actually, their run defense has been really damn good lately. Uh, but so was Tampa Bay's, and so was Philadelphia's, and Gallman hasn't been that bad. So is he a decent consolation prize? He is. Uh, again, we don't know if Devontae Freeman is going to play. You know, he was working out on the side all last week, you know, not doing anything with the team. But, you know, obviously their practice regimen was, was kind of thrown out of whack because of the COVID-19 stuff. So, you know, maybe Freeman has a chance to return this week. And clearly, if that happens, you're going to want to start him over Wayne Gallman. But uh, if Gallman gets the chance to, you know, play again as the lead running back there for the Giants, he scored in two straight. Um, it's an easier matchup than what he's played in the last two games. So that's something that should be encouraging for him. But as you saw, Deion Lewis had the touchdown reception. Um, uh, they played him in, in some obvious passing downs. And, and as you mentioned, Adam, previously, um, the, uh, Alpha Morris, Morris, yeah, you know, problem there too. So I was a little frustrated with Gallman's work in the passing game because he had the five catches two games ago against Philadelphia, and then only one catch on one target. So I'd like to see him get more involved in that uh, area of the game. And can I just make one thing clear? I, I think rest of season DJ Dallas doesn't have a lot of value, but if you're really in week to week mode, maybe you're three and five, you can't afford another loss, and you're really hurting at running back, and you can't get Damian Harris. I have Dallas ranked ahead of everybody else on the list, and that's as of now. We don't know if Carson's going to come back and end up being a you know problem that takes DJ Dallas off the field, but for now, sure, he can be your top waiver claim at running back if you just you got to get a win in Week Nine. Uh, uh, so to Michael Hasty, if he's barely available, eighty-two percent rostered, but I'm assuming you guys love him this week against Green Bay. Sure, uh, like for two reasons. One, it's still the you know essentially fourth string running back for the 49ers. Uh, it's a fantastic matchup, but Adam, you brought this up when we did our, you know, sort of emergency uh, top to mm -hmm. your podcast yesterday mm -hmm. um, or lead to the podcast yesterday that George Kittle's absence is terrible for this run game. And so while it's such a strength and the matchup is so good, you should be starting to Michael hasty, but I wouldn't be like, Oh my God, I got the 49ers running back against the Packers. I'd be like, 
I got the 49ers running back against the Packers. But you sound kind of pumped about the fourth string Seahawks running back against the Bills. Yeah, because their offense is at full strength. I mean, you're talking about, you know, backup quarterback, <laughs> uh, backup that's true. tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's just a lot of stuff going on with San Francisco that's that's bad, unfortunately. And and it sucks because I, I do think Jermichael Hasty is worth starting. And yes, if he's available, you should go pick him up because there are some people that probably dropped him after Tevin Coleman was yeah. ruled active. And, and and I get it, but, you know, you still saw, you want to talk about bad rushing average. Uh, what was he, 12 for 29? Yeah, yeah, he was. game against Seattle, so. Yeah, he was, he was um, 9 for 57 the week before, but they score a touch, they score a rushing touchdown, I think, yeah. all but one week. You pointed that out. So, but yeah, we like Hasty. If, if yeah. they're behind, we saw McKinnon play a lot. And so, you know, McKinnon might be the best San Francisco running back, especially in PPR. Yeah. Uh, J.K. Dobbins obviously is a high priority. Justin Jackson has 96 receiving yards in his last two games, and Vegas allows the fifth, the second most receiving yards to running backs. So he's another 72% roster, Justin Jackson. Um, and then, of course, there's Zach Moss, who might have a lot of long-term appeal and is 71% rostered. Okay, Dave, let's talk about wide receivers. Give me three, three four-ish names to know. Shepard's at the top of the list both in terms of week nine and rest of season, especially in PPR, that just it, he's going to be consistent, safe floor type of receiver. If you can stash Alan Lazard, I would go in that direction next. But if you need to win now, Marvin Jones, McCole Hardman, Jacoby Myers, Curtis Samuel. Okay, say it again, Sterling Shepard. So if you're Alan looking Lazard. just for a receiver in week nine, it's Shepard one, Marvin Jones two, McCole Hardman three, Jacoby Myers four, and then Curtis Samuel after that. But if you're looking long-term, throw Alan Lazard right behind Shepard. Where would Corey Davis rank if he were available? Top of them all. Okay. Jamie, tight ends? Well, Ebron should be the first one you look for. Yep. You know, um, Obviously, uh, coming off a strong game against Baltimore, gets a great matchup against Dallas. And you know, based on his availability, could be out there in some 12-team leagues, but 10-team leagues as well for the Kittle fantasy manager. Uh, Logan Thomas, I'll buy into what he's done prior to his bye week. And you know, hopefully, we see a little bit of an uptick in targets. But... Um, he's been at least productive with the minimal targets. And then I'll put Jordan Reed third. Um, but if you have two roster spots to play with, and this is more for the Kittle manager, uh, pick up Austin Hooper, you know, just with uh, the idea of hopefully his return, which is what Kevin Stefanski said following their bye week. And if he is back out there without Odell Beckham, don't judge the Browns based on this game in week nine, because, or excuse me, week eight, because of the wind. It was just a terrible situation for both of those teams. But um, clearly there, there's an opportunity for Hooper because Beckham's absence and what he was starting to do prior to the appendix injury. Yeah. Are we sure Jordan Reed's playing? No, no, we're not sure Jordan Reed's playing, but long-term, you know, that's the the guy that should step into the George Kittle role. And, you know, I know Ross Dwelly caught a touchdown, but we've seen enough of Ross Dwelly to know that unless he's playing the Cardinals in 2019 (laughs) or 2018, I don't know how much you want to trust him. Right. So first of all, I don't like using Jordan Reed in long-term in the same sentence. It's just, it doesn't feel right, but if if he's available, I agree. You should go bro. get him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, uh, and if if he's not, there are still other tight ends that are going to be out there that you could use as an emergency replacement for him if he doesn't end up playing in Week Nine. And it's guys like they're, they're, these aren't exciting names: Darren Fells, Dalton Schultz, Mike Kosicki, Jimmy Graham, and Irv Smith only had the one stinking catch. Um, I right, wish it was but a little bit that's more the than thing. That. Like, should we not forget about Irv Smith? Because I am. Perfectly it's willing hard to, to tell somebody to stash Irv Smith. I get in week that, nine. Uh, but I'm willing to. I'm willing to just forget about some of these win games 
uh, from week eight, you know? Well, that wasn't a wind game. That was a win game because Cook was cooking. It was both, though, but you're right. Uh, but he only threw 14 passes in that game, which even for Kirk Cousins is pretty low. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I'll go back to what Scott it, Fish said, Smith. that every time Dalvin Cook has been healthy, we haven't seen a lot from Irv Smith. That's a great point, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, uh, so Eric Ebron, Logan Thomas, Jordan Reed, and I will ask you, if you don't need a tight end, you're just looking at the rest of these guys long-term, is Hooper the best long-term? Yes, yes, okay. yeah. yes. I, I would say also if, which, you know, um, according to reports yesterday, Monday, that uh, Andy Dalton's still in the concussion protocol, Ben DiNucci brought Dalton Schultz back to life. So Dalton yeah. Schultz could be somebody in PPR for sure that you can look at, even in the matchup against Pittsburgh. I think Dalton Schultz played almost every snap in that game, too. He was on the field a lot. Okay, DST. Ooh, this is a fun DST week. Fun DST yes, week. Is. All right, uh, Jamie, why don't you give us your top three? Well, I, I mean, you know, you, you're guaranteed a turnover from Daniel Jones. He has one in all but one of his starts on the seat, on his career. So the Washington football team, you know, they, they did a nice job against him in, in the first time, and their defensive line will hopefully be healthy uh, coming off their bye week. So that's a good one. Um, look, the Dolphins had a great win. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa did not do much. So you get the Cardinals coming off a bye, Tua's first road trip. That's one I would look for. And then, as you said, Adam, Nick Mullins throws interceptions. So the Packers uh, coming off a, a frustrating loss, you know, I think that they'll be able to, if they're playing with a lead and Mullins is chasing points, he'll get erratic. So the Packers would be one that I would look for as well. Honestly, I think the Giants are interesting. They had a great Giants game. Giants would be the fourth one. I yeah. only gave you three, but the Giants would be the fourth. Yeah, and the Giants are... The 12th best DST. I mean, it really depends on your scoring, but this one league that I use, it's just like a kind of standard old school league. They're 12th per game, and uh, they crushed the, the football team a few weeks ago. They had a pick six. They scored like 17 points. Uh, is, Dave, is there any other DST? Oh, oh, Houston. Like, what about Houston against mm. Jake Luton? Come I, on. Not bad. I not bad. don't really want to trust them. They're not that good of a defense. Okay. I noticed the Titans get a lot of interceptions, and I noticed Nick Foles likes to throw some of those too. So, you you uh, you might uh, you get you should be happy with your DST this week, I think. Uh, kickers, who wants to take this one? Jamie does because I haven't looked. <laughs> well, you got Fair Baron who had a double digit fantasy game against the Jaguars the first time around, so he gets Jacksonville again. Uh, Zane Gonzalez has been good as part of a good offense. He gets the Dolphins at home, and then anybody facing the Jets, you know they're going to score points. So I put Nick Folk as the third option. Great. Thank you. Tampa Bay 25, Giants 23. Tom Brady did finish with 23 fantasy points. It was a bit of a struggle. He threw 40 passes, which is pretty typical for him. Uh, yeah, inter- interesting game, I guess. Let's talk about Fournette and Ronald Jones. Don't do anything wrong ever, Ronald Jones. That's my advice to you, because you're, <laughs> you're going to get benched. And he fumbled, and he basically barely played after that. Uh, is there any doubt in your mind who you'd rather have rest of season? Is it, is it clearly Fournette? It's Fournette, but I don't feel amazing having either one. Fournette had a lot of... He had a couple of really nice runs that they were blocked well, and then there were a lot of runs where it looked like he was diving to find the line of scrimmage. It did not look good at all. His role this in the passing game needs to be better. I, I think that he's the one you'd rather have rest of season, and it's two mistakes in consecutive weeks for Rojo. So it's going to be part-time work for him moving forward, I'm sure. The snap count was 73% for Fournette, 51 snaps. Uh, Ronald Jones played 17 snaps, 24%. Um, yeah, I mean, Bruce Arians does not like Ronald Jones. Whenever he screws up, it's just go sit down. So I think you just look at it as uh, Fournette should be the better of the two. What do you think about 
Mike Evans. Five catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown. He also got open for a deep ball. Bradbury knocked it away. Great play by Bradbury yep. in the recovery. Yeah, and, and he, he killed him on that route too, Mike Evans. Um, what do you think about he him? He says he's close to 100%. Well, that's good. Antonio Brown's coming back. We know he's getting a ton yeah, of that's bad. red zone targets, though, which is good. That's good. That's the problem good. for Mike Evans isn't so much Antonio Brown this week. It's Chris Godwin. Now, I was a little surprised in the report Sunday from uh, Schefter that because what I thought was Godwin was going to be out two weeks. And Schefter said that the injury was four to six weeks. Right. And that Godwin does have a shot to return next week, meaning this week. So if Godwin's still out, Antonio Brown doesn't bother me as much for Mike Evans. If Godwin and Brown are there, then I'm concerned about Mike Evans. So uh, you also have the Lattimore matchup, which we know has been a problem for him. Now, Lattimore has not played well this season by comparison. He's still a good cornerback, but Allen Robinson turned around a couple times in that game against Chicago. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily fear Lattimore uh, if I'm Mike Evans' fantasy manager. If there's no Godwin, but if Godwin plays, then I think you got to go back to Evans as more of a touchdown or bust number three receiver. It'll it'll feel like the game that he just had is going to be pretty close to his ceiling. Five for 55 and a touchdown. I mean, he, he's missed the end zone, what, once on the year or twice? Yeah, twice once, I think. Um, right. And so uh, I think uh, you mentioned, Adam, um, they, they mentioned last night that Brady is six for six in the red zone going to Mike Evans. So who's your favorite Bucks wide receiver beginning week nine? Rest of, rest of season. Godwin. Really? Even with the injury uncertainty? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And I then mean, it's a finger. It's a finger injury. So, you know, hopefully he is back next week. But but it, it could change by week 10 if Antonio Brown looks like Antonio Brown. So two questions real quick here. Why are people just clinging to Darius Slayton? I, I guess you you see the game and boy, he, he got wide open. On the which time on the mm-hmm. interception mm-hmm. Where, time. where Jones didn't see him. Jamel Dean is horrible. Oh my gosh! A good job by the ESPN crew for pointing out how horrible of a game Jamel Dean had. I should say he had a horrible game. Not that he is horrible, but the, Slayton was burning him every time, basically. And then, yeah, it seemed like he just didn't really see the ball on a deep ball in the end zone. I'm not sure that one right. was on there, Daniel the one Jones. they pointed yeah. out, and the one that was in the end zone where he just didn't look either. Yeah, so so that was weird, uh, but. He's got two games this year with more than 10 PPR fantasy points. That is not good. Both those games were, were huge games. But he's 87% rostered. Why are we hanging on to Darius Slayton? Should we be? And then Evan Ingram. He Five catches, 61 yards on 10 targets. That's 19 targets in his last two games. Uh, should we be hanging on to both of these guys? As they have Washington, Philadelphia, and then a bye in their next three games. Ingram is clearly still better in PPR than non-PPR because he doesn't score. And they should have reviewed the one play last night because it looked like he, he scored in the end zone. Um, so, you know, look, they, they, uh, you know, I asked, uh, Pete Prisco this on, uh, fantasy football today on HQ, uh, you know, about Ingram and, and what his role should be. And, you know, Pete said, Pete likes to use this phrase is one of his many phrases that he's one of the ultimate tease guys, you know, that the talent is so awesome and you get, you fall in love with it, but is he going to look back on his career and say, he just teased us with that talent. So I hope that's not the case for Evan Ingram. You know, we, we could still find out because there was some talk. Um, remember the trade deadlines today, you know, and he was a guy that they were, yeah. you know, maybe or, or there's been rumors about them maybe moving him. So keep that in mind. But I still think Evan Ingram is in that 14, 16 team league range as opposed to a 10 to 12 team range. The Giants could have benched him after what happened last week. The ball bouncing off his hands that would have won them the game. And instead they threw him to him 10 times. So they're committed to Evan Ingram, I think. I don't think they're going to trade him. I, I think, I think he's going to be a big part of their offense. Yeah. And I do think he's worth uh, considering as a starter in 
a 12-team PPR league. Maybe yeah, even for, a non-PPR PPR league. Right. Uh, Non-PPR, I, I think there are better options of the touchdown or bust guys just based on what they give you. Yeah, um, but those are guys you'd have to flip around each week. I don't know. I start Logan Thomas over Evan Ingram at this point. Would you that, would you drop him week? though? Would you drop Lo- Evan Ingram for Logan Thomas? If that's the only move I can make, yes. And for how about for Jordan Reed? If you told me Reed's playing, playing non-PPR. If you told me Reed is playing, then I would drop Evan Ingram for Reed. Yes. All right, give me Dave. Give me thirty seconds or less on Darius Slayton. He's a tease, but part of it is because his quarterback is a tease. And if if the offensive line were better protecting the quarterback, I think he'd make better throws. I think Jones still has potential, but he's probably jittery behind that offensive line. So it's wrong place at the wrong time for Slayton. He's a at best a number three receiver, preferably in non-PPR leagues. I'd rather have Sterling Shepard. Yeah, I feel like I like I like Slayton this week. Uh, I do too. At Washington. Then it's Philadelphia. Yeah. It's probably not going to be good. He'll probably get Darius Slay and then a bye. Giants schedule is not bad after the bye, but uh, I mean, they're such a bad offense. Okay, to the to the rest of the waiver wire. We've covered most of it. I, I had trouble with the drop meter this week. Uh, drop AJ Green, 0 to 10. 6. 3. How about. Um, uh, you know what? That's going to be format dependent. I would say three in PPR and like seven in non-PPR. How about Baker Mayfield, who after the bye has Houston, Philadelphia, Jacksonville, Tennessee, and and then week sixteen, weeks fifteen and sixteen are the Giants and the Jets. Ten. Yeah, I'm not holding Baker in his bye week. Mike Kosicki. It's, it's, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it's he's not a guy that you need to hold on to, but it's it's like it's so it's so unfair to judge the Dolphins after that game. What do you do with Eight. Nelson Aguilar and Rashard Higgins? Higgins is a drop. Aguilar, I think, is still a hold. Um, if you can. I, what about Beasley? I, I, I would like to see what Aguilar looks like in a non-win game, which right. is going to be this week. We've seen it. He looks amazing, but I I fear that fantasy managers are going to need that roster spot for something else. Sure, if you need to drop him, you can drop him, but I don't think it's a must. Yeah, It's Cole, easier to get away from Higgins. Cole Beasley? Zero. Zero in PPR. Five and non PPR. Yeah, I, I don't think Jamie's enthused about John Brown, but I kind of am. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see John Brown play well, but we've seen Cole Beasley play well when John Brown's played well. Yeah, yeah, and no, we just I, saw the run game get going finally for Buffalo. Like they got they yeah. got Seattle this week, so right. it's we're we're excited about the passing game. So if you guys had right. to choose, you're gonna regret dropping Cole Beasley this week if you do. Or, so. but who who's who do you think who are you gonna rank higher, Beasley or Brown? Beasley. Beasley. I need to see Brown 100 percent healthy. Okay. All right, so to the quarterbacks then, I'm just this is going to be just reiterating a lot of what we already discussed here. The three that you're hoping are available, shallower leagues, would be Stafford, Carr, and Cam. I believe Jamie goes Cam, Carr, Stafford, and Dave goes Stafford, Cam, Carr, right? Yep. And then on waivers, Drew Locke, Nick Foles, Kirk Cousins. They have great matchups. And opportunities, and hopefully you don't have to start them. Uh, right. That's the way Jamie ranks them. Lock, Foles, Cousins, Dave. Any major objections there? I believe that's how I've got it too. Okay, Lock for sure is at the top. Nick Mullins. You know, it's an interesting matchup for Mullins because the Packers they are twenty seventh in yards per attempt allowed. We don't. It, nobody really thinks they have a good pass defense. But they do limit fantasy points, uh, probably because just teams run all over them. 
So 12th against quarterbacks in fantasy points. Um, and then uh, Tua is always, you know, decent option. Got some long-term upside. I don't think anybody's comfortable starting him right now, but Tua exists. And Jake Luton against Houston. Uh, I'll just throw out a few. Okay, I really, really hope the Cardinals pull ahead early and they force Tua to have to make plays and throw. So we see what he can be. Uh, Philip Rivers, any interest? Two big games in a row? Not against Baltimore. Daniel Jones against Washington? No. I prefer not to. Yeah, what did he have first time against them? 11 fantasy points. 11? Oh, my God. And that was with, like... I think I had my. Fi- I thought I had my fifteen. Maybe it's fifteen. Seventy-four um, rushing yards, and he scored fifteen points. Right. Uh, that was out Shepard. So <laughs> it was. He only threw nineteen right. passes. Like I would take game. him ahead of Tua or Mullins or. Yeah, if you're starting, if you're if you're starting a guy this week, you'd start Daniel Jones over Tua. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather have Locke than Daniel Jones this week. Right. Okay. I'd rather have Mullins than Daniel Jones this week. Running backs. Ah. I I don't know how much more we need to say about running backs. Uh, how do you feel about Justin Jackson right now if he were available just this week in long term? I like him a lot. I think that he's the best running back for the Chargers. And I think Troy Main Pope is probably the second best running back for the Chargers. I, I would expect Jackson to have that lead role and Pope potentially getting that 8 to 12 touch role that we talk about that the second running back gets. I think Kelly's had it. I don't think he's getting the job done anymore. And it's frustrating because he was so good early on in the season. But I, I, Pope looked great, and Jackson looked really good. The problem with both those guys is Kelly is still going to get some touches, whatever number that may be. So that's going to limit the ceiling for them. And it seems as if they're going to use Jackson mostly on passing downs, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think any of them are, are must-start guys. Jackson has the highest ceiling. But, uh, you know, it's just you'd like to see give Jackson the workload that they gave him in that Week 5 game against the Saints when he had – 20 touches. If that's the case, then he could be a starter. Yeah, I, I like the matchup against the Raiders. I think that I do too. He but I think do, he's just I think he can he can be yeah, I mean that's the safest way to play it. Yeah. Well, like I mentioned, the Raiders give up the second most receiving yards to running backs. Jackson has eleven targets and ninety-six yards in his last two games receiving. Um who do you think is better rest of season? Zach Moss or Justin Jackson? Moss. Moss because Eckler's coming back. Right. But but with Eckler back, you know, there's always I would start Jackson over Moss. System. For, for this week, certainly in PPR, and it's closer in non-PPR. Okay. Uh, DJ Dallas, Jordan Wilkins. I didn't. Uh, yeah, when we ran through those top three earlier, I'm not sure I mentioned Jordan Wilkins, but he's... He got talked about. I just... Early in the I show, can't, yeah, I sure. can't overpay for him in Fab, and I can't make him my number one waiver claim. I've yes, seen but too much of him. I, I, I to totally agree. Totally agree with everything you're saying. But if they decide that they're going to bench Jonathan Taylor or Taylor misses any game, including this week against Baltimore, the starting running back for the Colts is basically a number two running back. If he is the only guy there, even with Naeem Hines, because Hines is just a gadget guy on passing nets. So I look at Jordan Wilkins as somebody that if he ever gets a starting opportunity, the game that he gave you could be replicable almost every week with 15 to 20 carries, 80 to 90 rushing yards, chance to score, because that's what the Colts running back should give you. I hope you're right. I, that's what a Colts running back should give, but the Colts running back that we were hoping for to give that hasn't really given us that this year, and it's it's a career-best game for Jordan Wilkins, and he, it's the Ravens coming to their place this week, so I'm I'm not as optimistic. Okay, Damian Harris, Wayne Gallman, Gus Edwards, J.D. McKissick, Troy Main Pope, Cam Akers, don't forget about him, 47% rostered. 
Stashy. Henderson dealing with uh, a thigh injury, and they are on bye this week. Any interest in LaMichael Pirine or Naheem Hines? No. Okay, good. I'd rather take the chance on Troy Main Pope. Then let's go to the wide receivers. So the check to see if available, Christian Kirk, Cole Beasley, Mike Williams, Emmanuel Sanders, a big list, Emmanuel Sanders, Nelson Aguilar, Corey Davis, Jerry Judy, all of these guys might be available. Again, that's Christian Kirk, Cole Beasley, Mike Williams, Emmanuel Sanders, Nelson Aguilar, Corey Davis, Jerry Judy. And I guess I'll throw John Brown in there. I think he's 69%. I did, I, after you mentioned it, okay. John Brown's in that too. Uh, John Brown would be, the check to see if available list is always rostered in more than 65% of leagues. That's the cutoff. So it's a lot of names there. And who would be some of your favorites? If Oh, can't believe this guy's on waivers. Pick him up. DK Metcalf. <laughs> Cole Beasley in PPR would be my favorite on that list. Uh, Kirk for me by far. I mean, what he's been doing prior to their bye week and what Kyler Murray's been doing, it's just easy to say Christian Kirk has now put himself in the conversation to be a top 20 wide receiver on a weekly basis. In non-PPR, I would completely agree with you, but I'm worried about that catch volume. Uh, one other thing I'm a little worried about with Kirk, just a little, is he has faced... Well, he had 19 yards and a touchdown against Carolina, so that wasn't great. But the three games we're excited about have been the Jets, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks. Uh, Miami's yeah. be- Miami's probably better than those teams defensively. Sure. And I guess I shouldn't. I, I Maybe I should put Kirk ahead of Beasley and PPR. He does have five catches in two of his past three games. And the targets have been good except for the Dallas game, and that was just a blowout win for Arizona. So okay. I'll, I'll amend what I said. We can put Kirk on top of Beasley and PPR too. And uh, I highly, highly doubt the Cardinals are going to come out of their bye week saying that Kirk is a problem in their offense. He's part of the reason why they were able to get downfield more. And uh, he's, he's, he's going to have some staying power rest of the season. So taking it back, Adam, I'm taking it back. Okay. Who would you rather have Mike Williams or Emmanuel Sanders or Nelson Aguilar? Um, Sanders, if Michael Thomas is out again, but you know, that's the risk that you're running. Uh, but Mike Williams, I mean, look, he had a great game from Justin Herbert this past week. He had, I think, eight targets in that game. So that's something that's encouraging. The week before, he was non-existent. So you just kind of know what Mike right. Williams is. But <laughs> no, no floor, um, no ceiling. You know, the, uh, the upside play there is always good. The thing about Mike Williams is for how well Justin Herbert has played, it's just weird that Williams hasn't been better. You know, he's only had one good game. This was his first good game this year in which Keenan Allen did not get hurt. So... Oh, that Justin Herbert played. He also was good week one with Tyrod Taylor. But it's just like... Four for 69 is good. It's, it's worth looking. I mean, it's, you know, it's waiver wire. We were Tyrod interested did that in game, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. All we I'm saying is like... That game. He, he, Justin Herbert throws the ball deep really well, it seems. It just feels like Williams should be better. You know, hopefully there's some type of breakout coming here. Well, I mean, he's battled some injuries too. You know, factor that into his, you know, game logs. But... I think you just look at it that they like Jalen Guyton and he's a uh, you know, good deep threat. They still have you know, Hunter Henry who's you know, making some plays even though it hasn't been great for fantasy. Um, he's in love with Keenan Allen, which we love. You know, so that's great. But um, yeah, you would expect a few more big plays coming. So sure. That, I mean, I, I don't have a problem um, if somebody dropped Mike Williams, which I get prior to last week, and he's sitting there and you know, I need a fourth receiver to stash that I'll pick him up. Give me the names one more time, Adam. Yeah, I kind of want to move on just because there are really rostered in a lot of leagues, but Kirk Beasley, Mike Williams, Emmanuel Sanders. I was just Sanders. saying the last three. San, it's Sanders, oh, Williams, oh. and Aguilar, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think probably just a guy to have on my bench, I'd rather have Williams at the top just for the boom-bust potential than Sanders, than Aguilar. And Corey Davis, we, you know we like him. And I think Jerry Judy, I feel like there's a comparison to Brandon Ayuk last week, right? If there's if the Debo Samuel was out, if Tim Patrick is out, it's in, 10 targets last week for Jerry Judy. Now he's facing the Falcons. Ayuk is facing the Seahawks. Not quite as good for Judy, but you see the potential there. If he gets close to 10 targets against the Falcons, he's probably going to have a big game. Priorities, yeah. other than that, are Marvin Jones and Sterling Shepard and Alan Lazard. Miko Hardman, Dave mentioned Miko Hardman. Uh, I think you had him third on your priority list for this week. Carolina, they should be getting a starting cornerback back. Rasul Douglas coming off the COVID list. They've been really good against wide receivers. This is the Chiefs we're talking about. But what do you think about Hardman this week? He's a he's a flex play that you're hoping. Probably more of a bi-week replacement than a flex play. You got to love the targets last week. That was amazing. I don't think you can count on that every week just based on what Hardman did. I think if you look for four targets from Hardman, knowing that half of them will probably be deep shots, you'll be okay. The, but the, he, the, I, a lot of the receivers that we've already talked about way ahead of Hardman. The problem for Hardman is twofold. One, Dave mentioned it. The targets aren't always consistent for him. So last week getting nine was great. The other part of it is Sammy Watkins could return at any moment. You know, So mm-hmm. um, the upside for Hardman is a starting wide receiver on a week-to-week basis. The downside is he doesn't play. Well, And Sammy Watkins should probably be somewhere on your radar. Uh, who's a better player to stash, Alan Lazard or Sammy Watkins? Lazard. Okay. How about Jacoby Myers? Maybe you get 10 or more PPR fantasy points from him at the Jets. Jalen, Jalen Rager, more long-term. They're on a bye this week. Darnell Mooney. He's got five or more targets in five straight games. Yeah, six straight games. But he I finally think. put it together this past week. Yeah. like He's had those targets and he didn't do a ton with them. And now he finally has. Kendrick I don't know Bourne. if he can keep it up. Kendrick Bourne, LaVisca Chenault, Hunter Renfro, Braxton Berrios, Deshaun Hamilton, who had a big game against the Chargers, gets Atlanta this week, Zach Pascal. First game without Tim Patrick. Right. Why'd you put Chenault on your list? Well, the hope that, you know, Luton comes in and, you know, the rookie-to-rookie connection is there. I don't want to give up on LaVisca Chenault completely yet. Would you guys consider dropping DJ Chark or not yet? Not no. yet. Let's see what happens. Okay. I think Luton's going to be good for Chark. If you were going to gamble on a second Detroit wide receiver against the Vikings, would it be Hall or Amendola? Hall. I mean, the targets showed you last week that they like Hall quite a bit. Cool. Tight ends. You got Eric Ebron, Logan Thomas, Jordan Reed, Austin Hooper, Dalton Schultz, and Trey Burton at the bottom of the list against Baltimore. But I think we've, we've talked a lot about them. So Ebron, Logan Thomas who's had four targets in four straight games, or three straight games, I think. But he caught a touchdown against the Giants. The Giants are kind of struggling against tight ends. It may not show up in the numbers, but the last three weeks, Logan Thomas, 42 yards and a touchdown. Richard Rodgers, 85 yards. Gronkowski caught all four of his targets and scored. And then there's Jordan Reed. Like I mentioned earlier, weeks two and three, he was pretty involved. He had 14 targets in those two games, and one of them he got hurt in. So Jordan Reed, 4% rostered. Austin Hooper long-term, Dalton Schultz if you need someone, although it's a really tough matchup this week against Pittsburgh, and then he has a bye. Uh, Trey Burton, Jamie, what are your thoughts on him? Well, I mean, it was nice that they gave him the opportunity to run one in on the uh, indie special that they tried to run, but um, that was frustrating. You know, the first game with both Mo Ali Cox, Trey Burton, and Jack Doyle all healthy that his targets weren't there, so that's why he is where he is. Who is a better bye week stash, Dallas Goddard or Austin Hooper? 
Goddard should be the number one tight end available to pick up if he's out there. Yeah. Okay. And if you are in a deep league, Ross Dwelly, if Jordan Reed doesn't play, Ross Dwelly's got an opportunity. You can, but you can wait on Dwelly. You can probably wait till Friday to add him. I don't know because like, like they, play, they play well, they Thursday. play Thursday, so you can't. Oh, that's that. right. So you can't wait till then. So yeah, Wednesday would have to be the time. Yeah, my bad. I okay. would if, if, again if you're the George Kittle manager and you're stuck and you have two roster spots, pick up Dwelly and Reed. See what happens Thursday. Drop one before the game and then pick up something else. You could cut your kicker. And pick them both up, yep. and then whichever go. one plays, you drop the other for a kicker. Diabolical, Dave. Diabolical. Red Se- or football team, Cardinals, Packers. <laughs> it's Dave is actually short for diabolical. Uh, football team, Cardinals, Packers, and Giants would be fourth. Maybe I'm the only one who likes Houston this week, but it's not bad. Houston, they'll be my Fanduel DST. The thing about Luton is uh, he last year, if I saw the stats correctly, only three interceptions at Oregon State, and only 11 interceptions in his three-year career. So, oh, That's good to know. Kaimi Fairbairn, Zane Gonzalez, Nick Folk, you're welcome. Just please don't put in Mike Lennon. Yeah, sure, why not? Thanks for listening, everybody. No Twitch tonight. Forgot to mention that. No Twitch tonight because of election night. But we will uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on the podcast. See ya.